Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm DJ. We're back here, and we are talking already about Modern Horizons 2. I am so excited, Josh. Modern Horizons was great, and I am so happy to see a whole nother round of Modern Horizons cards. It feels like they push them, and they're so exciting, and we've got an exciting one for you today. Yeah, Modern Horizons 1, a lot of people referred to as Commander Masters. That was, of course, before we knew Commander Legends was even going to exist. And before they realized how crunchy, how crazy it was for Modern 2. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, that's Commander cards. Oh, and just whatnot. <laughs> Red and 6. Yeah. Oh we God. have a really cool card to talk about today. It's a spicy mono blue artifact matters effect that's going to win, I think, a a lot of commander games but before we get into it if you want to order modern horizons 2 stuff pre-order i should say because it's not out quite yet cardkingdom.com slash command zone that's the place to go you can go on their website right now get your order in for booster boxes set boosters collector boosters do they have collector boosters for this set whatever they have they must card kingdom will have it and you can order it now and the great thing about ordering from card kingdom um before sets come out is they really do ship that stuff like right away mm-hmm. after this after they're allowed to basically definitely i have uh, fallen into the trap of ordering through some other sites before and if they lag behind then all your friends can have cards from the new set and your boxes still haven't arrived yet totally because they're like pre-selling it and then they're like okay when we finally get the cards then we'll open them up then do it the stuff no no card kingdom they basically have your stuff ready they're waiting and as soon as they can it just gets chipped out yeah they're so so fast it's a big boon uh whenever new sets are coming out, which is all the time these days. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And then when you get those cards, you want to keep them safe. You want to put them into ultra pro sleeves. Pro glossy clip sleeves are my personal favorite. You want to make sure that you put your decks into satin towers or mythic collection deck boxes. Ultra pro really does make the stuff that protects your game pieces the best. It's the ones that I trust my own personal decks to. I think I have almost 30 decks now. Every single one is in some form of eclipse sleeve, either the pro gloss or, or the old ones. Matt? I'm excited to see the art that comes out because Ultra Pro has all of the great art from these magic cards. And you know that in Modern Horizons, they're going to be pushing the limits in awesome art. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, Ultra Pro are, are always has the licensing agreement with Wizards to show a bunch of the cool art on their sleeves, text boxes, playmats, stuff like that. And then the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you get to talk with DJ and I and Jimmy on our Discord. We're on there every single day. You also get to watch things like game nights and extra turns. Uh earlier than the general public. In fact, we've teased this already a bunch on the show, but if you haven't heard, we have a really big guest on the next episode of Game Nights, which at the time you're watching this will be coming out in just a couple of weeks. We got Post Malone uh, is coming to play a game of Commander with us. Posty is a really, really cool guy, and the game is super fun. So if you want to see that earlier than the general public, patreon.com slash command zone. As little as a dollar a month, and you get to watch this stuff early. It's really not a high price point. Okay. Let's jump into the main topic here. There's one other benefit to being a patron. Oh, right. We shout out one lucky patron on every single episode. And this episode is dedicated Dedicated to to Eliana Ford. Eliana, you rock. All right, let's get into our preview card episode. Let's not waste any time here. Let's just go ahead and read it. Let's read it. It's a sorcery for one in a blue. It's called Rise and Shine. It says, target non-creature artifact you control becomes a 0-0 artifact creature. Put four 1-1 counters on each artifact that became a creature this way. Uh, So it turns one thing into a 4-4, basically. Does it in a weird way. Makes it a 0-0, but gives it four plus one plus one counters. But 
Rise and Shine also has Overload for four blue blue. And when you overload so- overload something, it says you may cast this spell for its overload cost if you do change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So it now reads each non-creature artifact you control becomes a zero zero artifact creature. Put four one one counters on each artifact that became a creature this way. So all your non-creature artifacts become four fours if you overload this thing. That part seems pretty powerful. Uh, one thing I want to note before we get into the analysis of this card is that they are doing something in Modern Horizons 2 where certain cards have like an alternate art version, which is like a sketch version, a sketch art. I think they did this with Unstable. Maybe. Uh, the playtest cards from are kind of like that. Mystery, mystery boosters, boosters do that. But I think in Unstable, they like actually like... Uh, they actually had some sketch cards. Anyway, cool. uh, so Rise and Shine has one of those. So we'll put both on screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you're going to get to see the sort of alt. I don't know what's called. Showcase art. I don't know what any of those words mean anymore, but it's the alt art. Yeah, for sure. They're going to have collector boosters just filled with crazy arts oh. and all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're not promising that that version comes even in collector boosters. We don't boosters, know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I can't follow what cards come in what. Um, okay. But they, it is available somehow. Okay, so let's go back to the card. Turns either one of your non-artifact creatures into a 4-4, or it turns all of your non-creature artifacts into a 4-4. I guess the first question to ask here is, how good is this card if you do not overload it? Yeah, because we want our card to work at multiple parts of the game, and so how good is a conditional 2-mana 4-4 in Commander? Right, because it's easy to look at this card and be like, it's a 2-drop. But if you're only going to ever cast it for overload because it sucks as a two drop, then it really is a six drop, and then you have to evaluate it differently. So exactly. How- and then what what are you animating if you're playing it on two? Is are you animating your soul ring? Because oh. I don't think you want to do that. I don't know. I, I'd <laughs> I rather have a soul ring, yeah. a little bit, a tiny bit safer than like than swing with it, right? Yeah, exactly. So so you're right. Like there's as a two drop, it definitely becomes interesting because you need that artifact out there. Um, I think that there's some good cards that you can compare it to. Okay. Yeah. Know? There are a bunch of cards that do sort of a similar thing. So we've got in soul artifact and skilled animator, and these are two versions that do something slightly very close, right? In soul artifact is enchantment that turns an artifact into a five, five. And then uh, skilled animator is a creature that ETBs and turns an artifact into a five, five. Okay. So, are these playable in commander? Like, do like do you play these kinds of cards? No, and I, I don't think I've really seen them in commander ever. And if we go to EDH Rec, you wrote down the stats here, DJ. Uh, it kind of bears that out, right? Yeah. If you're looking at Insol Artifact, it's 205 copies in over 200,000 decks. So well, closer to 300,000 decks, 0% of the decks. So statistically, according to EDH Rec, uh, 0% of decks that could play Insol Artifact play it. Same thing with Skilled Animator, 202 out of, again, 286,000 possible decks it could be in. Yeah, that's 202, that's it, (laughs) out of 286,000. So really we're saying that basically nobody plays these cards right now. And Soul Artifact is two mana to do this effect. Uh, Skilled Animator is three mana, but it comes sort of with a creature. And these are arguably better versions because you can put them on artifact creatures. Oh, right. So Rise of Shine, it is important to note, only targets non-creature artifacts. Yes. Whereas in Soul Artifact and Skilled Animator can turn a creature artifact into a Can like upgrade an artifact creature. So getting a Thopter or something else like that. So it it works on more artifacts. And the other side is it becomes 5-5 instead of a 4-4. Oh, that's true. So they, they make it a little bit bigger. There's another card that's kind of even more similar. It's called Animating Fairy. 
Uh, it's an adventure card from Eldraine. So it's animating fairy or it's adventure spell is called Bring to Life. And this is a 2-2 flyer as the animating fairy for Tuna Blue. But its adventure spell, Bring to Life, is Tuna Blue for a sorcery and says target non-creature artifacts you control becomes a 0-0 artifact creature, put four 1-1 counters on it. So this is exactly Rise and Shine's first ability, except it costs two in a blue and not one in a blue. And there's no overload, although this kind of has an overload cost because you can you can pay six and then you yeah, get a two-two flyer. Yeah, you get a two-two flyer. I think I'd rather turn all of my <laughs> artifacts into four fours than get an extra two-two flyer. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, if we look at all of this, the the front face effect, just the one in a blue, not overloaded, not overloaded. It doesn't seem great. I don't think I'd play it. I don't think a lot of people would play it. I mean, statistically, they would not because there are similar cards and they don't play them. By the way, fairy uh, animated animating fairy is in 550 out of 250,000 possible decks. So again, statistically, 0%. Is it adventure decks? I'm wondering why they're playing that and not the other ones, but I don't know. I don't know. Mm, yeah, maybe they got fly. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, yeah, so yeah I, I would not play the card just on its front face. So so it's really going to be all about the overload, right? Like Absolutely. So let's let's talk about the overload. Well, before we get to the overload, okay. I do think that there are a few situations where this can be saved. Where like, yes, we would not include this in our deck just for a 2 mana 4/4. Four, four. But there are situations where you might actually cast it as a 2 mana 4/4. Four, four. It's it's so we shouldn't just say like it's only the overload cost because I guarantee you've been in a situation where you're just like I just need a creature. Craig's attacking you with an infect creature. You're just like, I just need a creature. I need anything so Craig doesn't attack me with this infect creature. I will turn my soul ring into a a 4-4 just because if it makes Craig not attack me, then that's a big deal. It means he attacks somebody else first and now he's attacking them for the rest of the game. Exactly. Or sometimes board presence could be really important. Uh, You have a very threatening planeswalker. And I'm like, I just need to pressure your planeswalker in some way. Yeah, kill it. Like, okay, this becomes a planeswalker removal spell. Yeah, my soul rings a little bit more vulnerable. That becomes worth it. Right, like sometimes somebody plays a, a, a planeswalker onto an empty board and you just have a signet, but now all of a sudden you animate it and swing at it and they didn't even see that coming. And so this becomes, yeah, yes, kill kinda, target. Kind of haste a little bit, yeah. Those are fringe um, scenarios, but the fact that that will every once in a while come up is a little bit of added value to the card, not just the overload. Though. Yeah, I think so. Um, the monarch, you know. Oh, interesting. There's, there's certain ways where you're just like, oh, a creature out of nowhere can do can do some can draw more me a card. work and draw yeah. me a card. Yeah. So we've, we've ta- kind of trash-talked the one in a blue part, but it will have some playability sometimes. Right. It's still, I don't think, not worth it to put in your it deck. Is not, but no. the fact that you can use it does make it a little bit better. Okay, let's talk about the overload, though, because I do think it's all about the overload and whether you're going to play this card or not, if the overload effect is going to be good enough. You had a cool note here, which is overload is like, really good in Commander because it's it, it makes it flexible so you can play it at multiple points in the game. That's less true of this card because mm-hmm. you need a very specific scenario to play it for not overloaded cost. Uh, so I'd say like 95% of the time, maybe even more, if this card's in your deck, you, you're overloading it. It's like, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think that it definitely skews in terms of overload, but I like cards that are flexible, even when their flexibility is like super, you know, narrow situations and stuff like that, because that could come up and then it makes this card just a tiny bit better, but also it gives me more play to the card. And I like that. Okay, two things to note here. Remember that these are permanent 4-4s. So a lot of effects like this only turn the creatures into things until end of turn. This is like, turns them into creatures, gets the counters, and then they're creatures from then on out. And it's also important to note that this does not affect artifacts that are already creatures. It only turns your non-creature artifacts into creatures. So just keep that in mind as we continue to evaluate the card. Let's talk about some relevant analogs to the overload part of Rise and Shine. And there are a bunch of cards 
that sort of will turn all of your artifacts into creatures in some way, shape, or form. There's Antiquities War. Antiquities War, it's the third chapter on a saga. Tezzeret the Seeker. Tezzeret the Seeker, it's his ultimate. Although I will say he comes in with four loyalty. You only need five loyalty to do it. But they both will turn all of your artifacts into creatures. Um, both of them into five fives. Yeah, both of them into five fives. Both of them are till end of turn. That's right. Also, so they don't do it forever. There's upsides to things like Antiquities War. It hits all artifacts. Tezzeret the Seeker also hits all artifacts. We'll turn all your artifact creatures, if you have servos, thopters, into five fives. Again, it is until end of turn. Both of them are less CMC than the overloaded cost of Rise and Shine. Mm -hmm. uh, Antiquities War is four CMC. Um, Tezzeret the Seeker just has a lot of different other things it does. I know, does, and both so. of the Antiquities War kind of gets you an artifact, and the Tezzeret the Seeker also has a minus ability that helps you search up an artifact. So, Which is honestly what most people do with the know, card anyway. They use it as a tutor. Yeah, or you tick up and you use it as sort of a weird mana ramp thing to untap your artifacts. And so both of these cards are synergized with artifacts in a lot of different ways, not just the last chapter of the ultimate. But it is relevant because I've seen the last chapter and I've seen the ultimate kill people right if they go off a lot of times they do because you've set up for it right you're in a deck that's doing that but these are really telegraphed cards too you have to play them on the table and they don't even do the turn all your th artifacts into creatures that turn you play them uh, most of the time anyway without some trickery so you have to either slowly tick them up or wait till the, it gets to that chapter and so your opponents have time to sort of get ready for it or thwart that plan absolutely which i think speaks to the power of that ultimate of that last chapter is because even when it's telegraphed I've died to it and killed people with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I yes, because I've never died to it. You've never or died to killed it anyone with it before. No, I've died to Tezzeret tutoring for a combo piece, <laughs> but I've never died to turn all the artifacts into creatures on either of those cards. Uh, let's talk about because the first two cards are permanents that come into play. They're telegraph. Let's talk about maybe something that's more of an analog, which is a card that can kind of be cast and do this out of nowhere. You can't see it coming. Masterful Replication is a card from M20. It's five and a blue for an instant, and you choose one. Either create two three three colorless golem artifact creature tokens, or you can choose target artifact you control. Each other artifact you control becomes a copy of that artifact until end of turn. So if you have like a three three golem already and a bunch of you know artifacts lying around, you can turn all of your artifacts into that 3-3 three, three golem, or hopefully something better than that. Yeah. So four four, but this, this does have a pretty high ceiling. They could be mere battle spheres. They could all know? be worm coil engines. Worm coil engines, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely, I've seen this. I've died to this card before because mm. okay. uh, it's an instant. You don't see it coming, and it's it can be very powerful and do what Rise and Shine's Overload kind of does, although it requires more setup, right? It really does. Not yeah. only do you need a lot of artifacts, you also need one of those artifacts to be a pretty large creature or a good creature. Absolutely. And so... The the one thing also is that all of these, again, are until end of turn. You need to be able to do that one punch, kill someone in that one turn. You need that setup. In Rise and Shine, you might be okay doing a value Rise and Shine and just animate four or five artifacts. Because they will stay as creatures. Because they'll stay so as creatures. They just like create a board out of nothing kind of situation. Right. I will say that Masterful Replication has other utility usage. So you can turn all your artifacts into a Gilded Lotus mm -hmm. and therefore create 20 mana or something with this or other things, right? Other uh, shenanigans can occur, which I've seen. Instant so, speed, create two golems, ambush relevant things. Yeah. You know, things like kind of a weird removal spell. Yeah. Okay. So for the overload cost though on Rise and Shine to be really, really good, it's a pretty easy recipe, right? You need a lot of non-creatures artifacts you want to flood the board with non-creature artifacts so there's a million ways to do this we're going to quickly go over them but i'm sure you've thought of most of them by now right uh treasures hole breacher dockside extortionist smothering tithe they all make treasures you wrote down tezzeret the schemer which doesn't make treasures it makes what are they called ethereum cells 
But they're exactly the same as treasures. They're basically. exactly the same as treasures, yes. <laughs> uh, rocks. So you can make literal rocks with like Tago. Uh, or you can make, you, you can turn your mana rocks into relevant creatures. Your soul rings, signets, uh, replicating ring. I put down Bellwar replicating stone. ring because I'm imagining eight of them. You know, because right, it goes right. off and replicates and then I have eight of them and then I have eight four, eight, four fours. Fours. Christmas yeah. land. There yeah. you go. <laughs> But uh, you, you're going to run a lot of rocks, especially in decks that care about artifacts. You will have rocks. And so every non green deck has a ton of rocks in it already. And so being able to turn those into like attacking creatures later in the game when you maybe don't need the mana, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty relevant, actually. Yeah. Food tokens are also artif- non creature artifacts. So Oko, Gilded Goose, which is Oven, the new uh, Guillaume Master Chef. In that build, we kind of imagined a bunch of food tokens. I know that that these don't colors don't exactly match up, but you can see how you could create a lot of food tokens. Right, it couldn't go in a Guillaume deck, but Guillaume and Rise and Shine could maybe exist in the same deck. Yeah. Maybe that's it's a little weird, but you can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> clue tokens also could be relevant. Tireless Tracker, Ongoing Investigation, Tamio's Journal. Mm. Uh, these are all cards that do see some amount of play, and so just having a bunch of clue tokens laying around and being like, you know what? I'm not going to draw the cards. I'm just going to turn them into four fours and kill you. Could be good. Another card I thought about that you could get a lot of them on the battlefield is Bloodforge Battleaxe. Oh, that's the one where you hit him with it and makes another one, right? Exactly. But then you hit him then with two, two of them and then it makes, makes two, two more. It's yeah. great. Or just mechanized production. Just every turn you makes spit one. out another one. You know, you put it on something relevant like a mana rock, but then eventually you run out of uses for mana rocks. Right. It's just like that. Well, might as well upgrade them all into four fours. Uh, and then also you can upgrade things that already have ability so like indestructible artifacts and there are a bunch there's like dark steel citadel dark steel plate dark steel axe dark steel ingot dark steel pendant dark steel reactor also you put skyclave relic why isn't that called dark steel relic? i know it bothers me so much if there's some lore reason please let me know in the comments below why is it called skyclave Sky are skyclave things naturally indestructible i don't know but i looked up indestructible artifact and it's all like dark it felt so satisfying dark steel dark steel dark steel dark steel and then there's like oh skyclave relic and it's good too because you can kick it to get more copies right ah. <laughs> it bothers me. You? i hope no i hope there's some really clear reason someone out there is like oh so you gotta do know this and let this us the let story. dj know in the comments Please let why it's indestructible i don't care so much um <laughs> If it's not, I'm just going to rage in the comments. But if an artifact has indestructible and you turn it into a 4-4, it'll be a 4-4 with indestructible. So that can be pretty powerful. I think we're not going to run down every single ability, but like you can sort of extrapolate that to other artifacts you might want to turn into creatures because they will keep their abilities. Yeah, and the the scissors decks, the insult artifact decks that existed before, a lot of them, you know, used Dark Steel Citadel, put the scissors on, attacked the 5-5 really quickly. You know, it makes it really safe. And those have, I mean... Those see success in other formats. In formats where you have the where you have four and soul exactly, artifacts, four and soul and artifacts, sixty cards, and sixty cards, and your opponent has twenty life, so it's four attacks. Sure, sure, but you know that could give us a little bit of a roadmap for things we we might want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Cards. Yeah. All right. Coming up, we're going to talk about which commanders that are already exist might put rise and shine in their deck. We're also going to talk about some synergies and cards that might go along with rise and shine uh, that are beyond the obvious. Uh, stuff we didn't talk about. Maybe stuff that's a little too cute, but I think being cute can be fun as well. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that. 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we're back. We're talking about our Modern Horizons 2 preview card, Rise and Shine. It really wants you to play a lot of non-creature artifacts, or I guess have a lot of them on the battlefield, tournament of creatures, swing out for the win. And looking at it, I think that there are a lot of existing commanders that already do this, that have a critical mass of non-creature artifacts in them. And this will kind of slide into a plan that kind of already exists in a deck. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we well, don't need talk- to build the deck around it. It exists already. So let's talk about which commanders currently might want Rise and Shine in their 99. Uh, I think that the most common artifact commander, Brea Ethereum Shaper, obviously is going to want this. One thing that is a little bit of a feel bad is that she creates two Thopters when she enters the battlefield, and those will not be affected by Rise and Shine because they are creatures already. But it doesn't matter when looking at deck lists, you regularly have tons of artifacts in Brea. And so upgrading all of them to attacking creatures will be great. Urza, Lord High Artificer from the first Modern Horizons, another candidate that would want this card. It's mono blue. Um, It wants to play a bunch of artifacts because Urza takes advantage, turns them all into mana rocks, basically. And a lot of those end up being non-creature artifacts a lot of them are mean like winter orb and things like that but uh this is a way to turn those into creatures and turn them into a win later and and pretty good in urza because a lot of times you're just slowing everybody down mm-hmm. countering their stuff getting a lot of stuff in play and then you just need that one big punch which this could provide absolutely i don't know if it goes into the cdh version of urza but maybe like probably are not there any non-cdh you... urzas though i feel like that's all i ever see because <laughs> i think that if you if you're in the cdh version you make infinite mana and you keep spinning over and over yeah, you don't again, want to rely win. on attacking so you yeah. don't want to attack at all yeah but yeah you're right so we we'll go to the, but but here's the thing urza is the most popular mono blue commander and so is it really yeah so this just you all are in bad as, people <laughs> do you want to know the second <laughs> the second most common mono blue commander oh at, four artifacts or just period no just period wow you all are bad people <laughs> Is this next one the second most popular yes. blue commander period? Yes. Emery uh, Lurker of the Lock. Those people are not bad. I'm just kidding about the bad people <laughs> thing. You're all cool. It's all fine. Just let me know that you're playing a CEH deck before we shuffle up, though, because I want to bring my good stuff to, into that game, too. All right. Emery Lurker of the Lock. <laughs> They'll be like, don't worry, Josh. I'm running Rise and Shine. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Oh, well, then I guess it's a casual <laughs> deck. No, I still created for man and kill you. Um, all right. Emery Lurker of the Lock, second most popular mono blue commander, wants to bring back artifacts from the graveyard. Let's just go through these quickly. And usually small ones too. So yeah. like they're, and a lot of times they're not about attacking. It's about recurring engines and stuff like that. They're so bobbles perfect. and stuff. So yeah, at some bobbles point you get them back like out that. and just turn them into four fours. I think a good one would be Sidri, Galvanic uh, Genius. Uh, it's Esper and the first ability is uh, blue target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost until end of turn. So literally- Already doing this. It's already doing this. You want non-creature artifacts. And so you're going to have enough of them to use with Sidri. Beautiful synergy. Uh, Tago, we already talked about, makes the rocks, uh, the equipment. You pair it with something like Glacian, who cares about artifacts. There's probably a lot of 
yeah, partner. Just tons of partners could yeah. go with this. And there are some Artifacts Matters partners as well. Uh, this next one seems like a really good candidate. It's Joira Weatherlight Captain. This is the one that you draw a card every time you cast a historic spell and artifacts are historic. And this plays a lot of Cheerios or really low casting cost uh, artifacts just to turn through the deck and draw cards. And then is looking to turn that into a win in some way. And Rise and Shine could be a win condition in that deck. Oftentimes it's Aetherflux Reservoir or something that just says, oh, if you cast seven spells in a turn, you can now win. This would be another win condition it can find along the way absolutely uh, and then uh brutaclad telcor engineer this is something that wants to go wide with artifacts anyways because it wants you to create a bunch of tokens then you can turn them into whatever it know, usually makes like want. a lot of treasure and then turns them into a creature's with Brutoclad. So this could be a backup to Brutoclad. Rise and Shine could be uh, to win the game once you just have a lot of treasures or whatever. Do you know what I really like is what? that you can animate them with this first yeah. and it turns them into creatures, but then there's still tokens with counters on them so you can make it into something bigger. Oh, really interesting. So you can make them into golems and now they're seven sevens. Oh, yeah. You can't do it the other way around because if, they're, if you turn them all into golems first, this rise and shine won't hit them because they're creatures right but if you turn them into creatures with rise and shine so there's zero zeros with four one one counters on them and then you go okay now i'll go to combat and i'll turn all those zero zeros with four one one counters on them into golems and now they're seven sevens because they get the three three from being a golem and still have the four one one counters that is pretty cool that is very cool because i thought that um brood clyde would be like uh so so because they have a lot of creature artifact creatures yeah. in there because they want to turn everything into the relevant artifact creature but in my experience that doesn't good. do that though it actually creates a lot of clues and or treasures mm. because they're safer as non-creatures. And then it plays a creature, turns all those into that creature. Sounds so it's, great. It's doing what this wants Sounds to do. Sounds yeah. awesome. Jake has a Brutoclad deck. I guess he can tell us whether he would play this card or not. All right. I think yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I made a little um, section here I'm calling signpost cards, and I like to think of deck building this way for cards like this that aren't commanders, which is like, if I go on EDH Redcast and I type in a certain card, what is the chance that... That that card and the cards that go with that card also function well with this card. Mm. So these are kind of a another card that's an analog or a signpost that can kind of point you in the right direction. So these next three cards, I would say, if these cards are already in a deck you own, that deck is a strong candidate that might want Rise and Shine. So Gear Per Ether Grid lets you tap artifacts to deal damage. There's um, Storm the Vault, which cares about how many artifacts you have and then turns over and becomes Tolarian Academy. Sorry, Tolarian Academy taps for the amount of mana equals the numbers of artifacts you have. You're like, Josh, we don't know that card. Yeah, it's sorry. It's banned. banned. <laughs> but it's it's not banned on Storm the Vaults because you have to flip it over. Yeah. Inspiring Statuary lets you cast um, your non-artifact spells as though they had to improvise, which means you tap your artifacts to help cast them. All those cards tell you that you're playing with a deck that has a lot of artifacts in it already. And so, especially things like Gear Per Ether Grid probably has a lot of non-creature artifacts because otherwise you wouldn't want to tap them to deal damage. You just attack with them. Mm -hmm. So if you have a deck that already has all three of those cards, it probably wants Rise and Shine. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's talk about the next section here. Beyond the obvious, or we might call it the too cute section. It's like, what else can you do? Obvious. It's obvious, obviously obvious that... You want a lot of non-creature artifacts because it says that on the card. But I think there's some interesting other ways you could think about this card. And listen, these aren't all fully thought out, and some of them may not make sense based on colors. But I like thinking in this direction to kind of start to explore interesting things you can do with a yeah, card. Yeah, like the first one you thought about, um, counters. The fact that it puts plus one, plus one counters on it is very relevant. And there's no way we can cover everything because there are plus one, plus one counter synergies across the board in Commander. There's crazy numbers of them in all sorts of different colors. But... I mean, I can see your first card, the Ozolith. 
being in this deck? Because the Ozolith is a non-creature artifact, too. So if you somehow got a bunch of creatures with counters to die, the Ozolith would get all those counters. And if you then animated the Ozolith, it keeps the counters it already had, plus gets four more, and can be swinging right away as a creature. Also, if you Rise and Shine and the Ozolith is out and everything dies, I guess the Ozolith would have to not die. You play the Ozolith after you cast Rise and Shine. Doesn't matter when you do, because different, different play at different times for different games. Right. Yeah. Or also, like, yeah, you rise yeah, and shine, you play, and you play afterwards, play before, afterwards and it kind of keeps the counters around for your other creatures when your artifacts that turned into creatures kind of slowly die. Uh, here's a really good one. Herald of Secret Streams. This is a 2-3 that says, creatures you control with 1-1 counters on them can't be blocked. I mean, this already feels like a one knockout punch, and now it's like, uh, oh, well, now your blockers don't even matter. <laughs> I mean, if you play Herald of Secret Streams the turn before you play Rise and Shine, it might be really hard to see it coming, too. Like, okay, <laughs> you've got one creature with a 1-1 one -one counter. Who cares? Oh, yeah? Boom. You mentioned another uh, plus-1, one, plus-1 one counter knockout punch. Simic Ascendancy. Yeah, this could be an instant win. <laughs> Green and a blue for an enchantment. You can put counters on things with an activated ability, but we care about uh, whenever one or more plus-1, one, plus-1 one counters are put on a creature you control, put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 20 or more growth counters on it, you win the game. So all you have to do is That's have five. five artifacts to play when you cast this, and you're going to win the game on your next upkeep. Oh, my gosh. That seems pretty good. Videl Ori into that would be good. Um, Experiment Kraj gets the activated abilities of each creature with a 1-1 counter on it. Remember, you're turning non-creature artifacts into mm -hmm. creatures, so you could have the activated abilities of your Gilded Lotus, your Staff of Domination, your whatever. There's got to be some crazy stuff you could do. This there time, are crazy right? stuff. Yeah, be, there are combos. It's like sure. Necrotic Ooze level. Oh, yeah. Totally. Insanity, yeah. Uh, then, of course, you know, the 1-1 counter synergy stuff, doubling season, hardened scales, blah, blah, blah. I will note that green is not traditionally an artifact matters color, but interesting there, yeah, nonetheless. Sure. Um, the other thing you can do is change the base power and toughness of the creatures. And you sort of talked about this with Brutaclad, but like something like Tanazir Quandrix, who whenever it attacks, you may have the base power and toughness of each other creature you control become equal to Tanazir's power and toughness until end of turn. So you turn all your artifacts into 4-4s, four then Tanazir attacks with them, and they all become 4-4s. Four but because they're f the creatures, uh, sorry, the artifacts get 4-1-1 one, one counters, they're actually 8-8s eight now. Yeah, so they're, they're originally they're zero zeros with 4 plus 1 plus 1 counters. You turn those into 4-4s four with 4 plus 1 plus 1 counters. That means you're swinging for 8 power with all of those artifacts, doing some crazy stuff. Um, yeah. And then there's Mirror Entity, which essentially does the same thing. Biomass Mutation is another one. Yeah, but you could pump as much mana as you want to into this. Like, there's a lot of ways to mess with power and toughness to be able to Further uh, make pump them the more relevant, you know? And then I was thinking of, you know, if you take non-creature artifacts and turn them into creatures some way, there are weird synergies that can pop up that weren't possible when the artifacts were not creatures. Like Peminzorda, Freed from the Real. If you can get that on like a Gilded Lotus or something that taps for a lot of mana, then you can get make infinite mana really easily that way. The Sidri deck that I talked about, or, or Karn actually, a mono-brown Karn, like those do those kinds of things as well. Those turn artifacts into creatures, and so you can definitely mess with them. Yeah, Voltaic Construct is an interesting card. It's four mana for a 2-2, but you can pay two and untap target artifact creature. So it's kind of kept in check, by that creature word, but then all of a sudden, if you're like, no, actually, I'm going to turn my Thran Dynamo into a creature, and now infinite mana, uh, Grim Monolith, Basalt Monolith, Gilded Lotus, there are tons of things oh that kind of go nuts with a Voltaic Construct in there. So many different things. Yeah. And then vehicles are kind of interesting, actually, because normally a vehicle has this downside. Normally vehicles are sort of undercosted for what they are. They'll be like, you know, a 
three mana or two mana two two flyer something two nuts. mana three three flyer yeah yeah and then yeah that's with that's a, with an activated with a with, special with triggered the, ability yeah that's smuggler's copter <laughs> by smuggler's the way smuggler's copter but you have to crew them so you need a creature on the battlefield that will tap and and sort of make them into a creature however if uh Rise and Shine gets cast before you crew them. They're not creatures at that time. They'll become zero zeros, but get the four one one counters. And now they just attack because they're creatures. They don't need to be crewed anymore. I have Smuggler's Copter on the brain, and now it's a four four flyer. Four four flyer that loots when it attacks or blocks. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's so good. That's like an that's an angel, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And it's wow. Okay. Uh Sky Sovereign console flagship is still pretty good. It's a six five normally, but it would turn into a four four flyer. But when it attacks or ETBs, it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. So do you just lightning bolt stuff as it goes? Wow, yeah. So you have an interesting dynamic of, you know, well, we're downgrading the power and toughness a little bit, but we're, we don't have to crew, and that's going to be really key. So I think vehicles could be really, really interesting. I know a lot of this stuff in the Beyond the Obvious section is a little bit too cute, but I think that can be fun too. I think maybe you can pull off some of these things. All right, let's get to the conclusion here, the final question. How good is Rise and Shine? Obviously, we've talked about a lot, and there's a lot of things you can do but any card in magic you can do a lot of stuff mm -hmm. what do you think dj how good is it um i think that it is narrow because it does not fit in every single deck not even close but i honestly think that it will kill people and that's a good card like a card that kills people and works with the strategy that you're going with it feels on flavor and that's a good win condition it might be a more satisfying win condition that you're like i'm going all artifacts instead of then always going for one combo or always going for that same big artifact creature that you use now you're like okay well now i'm using my strategy against my opponent i'm animating all of them and it feels like you can have other pieces that become redundant with this. We mentioned the Tezzeret, we mentioned the Antiquities War, and so now this is just one more, maybe better key to making a cool, narrow, but powerful deck. Yeah, I, I sort of think of it as like Starfield of Nyx in the Enchantment decks, mm -hmm. where often you pl they play that and then they try and swing out for the win right there, and this feels like it could feel a similar role. And Starfield of Nyx is not like a crazy powerful no, sort of like- No, but it's good. But it's good? And I think it's fun. Yeah. So I, I do think this card will see some play. DJ, will you play it? Do you have any decks right now that would play this card? I um I had a deck that would have played it because it played the other ones. It was um played Antiquities War. Yeah. Well, you said Antiquities you had killed War. people with that. Yeah, so plays yeah. Antiquities War and Tezzeret. Uh, well, what deck is that? It was the Grand Calculatron. It's oh, the, from un from Unset. So it's silver bordered one. It's one in a blue. And uh, if you ever, if anyone ever gets below below five cards, they can draw back up to five. And it's an artifact that synergizes with artifacts. So literally it just dumped artifacts on the board. I get it. I get and then it. it would draw back up to five, dump more on the board, draw, get back up to that, five. That, that card does other things. And we're not going to explain that here because it will take too long. <laughs> and there's a preview card episode. But no so we're one trying to wind it. it down. But okay. <laughs> we have an extra episode to do this weekend. So I'm trying to save the editors a little uh, bit of time here. All right. To the listeners. Rise and shine. Do you think it's cool? Do you want to play it? Do you have a deck that it goes into? Is Do you have a too cute idea or scenario that we didn't mention? Go ahead and answer us in the comments on Twitter, email, however you want. We do, do love to hear from you all. Make sure that if you want to order Modern Horizons 2 stuff, uh, Forgotten Realms stuff is right on the corner, already being previewed. Strixhaven stuff, if you haven't got a hold of it yet, 
cardkingdom.com slash command zone is the place to go to order all your magic products, singles, everything and anything, anything and everything that you need. You're going to buy magic cards anyway. You may as well use cardkingdom.com slash command zone when you do and just support the content that you enjoy. And then once you get your hands on this stuff, if you get the cool alt art showcase, whatever the sketch version of Rise and Shine is called, then you might want to put it into an eclipse sleeve and keep it safe. Put it into a nice satin tower deck box. Ultra Pro really is the company that we trust our own collections to to keep our game pieces safe. Uh, you should trust them too. All right, no instep on this episode because it is a preview card episode. And like I said, the editor's got two episodes to release this week because of it. Um, so speaking of editors, big thanks to Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, and we have a new guy. Dan Sheehan, who has joined the team, he's helping us uh, write a bunch of stuff, ads, some other uh, video ideas we are coming. You might know Jan- Dan because he co-hosts the Commanders for your podcast with our good friend Rachel Weeks, Game Nights alum. So give Dan a warm welcome in the comments. I think one of the ads that played during this episode he may have written. Cool. Anyway, all right. Oh, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that sit behind us on each and every episode. I scared DJ. He hasn't been able to say a word since I hushed him. Sorry, man. No, I, li- I like the way that you finished this. You know the names of everyone really, really well. Well, we work yeah. together each and every day. <laughs> You've been in here a lot recently. I bet you could do it now. Probably. Probably. Next one. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll have another episode, which I believe ends our Strixhaven set reviews uh, coming out later this week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. All right, everyone. Bye. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>